You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Recently, I got a cup of coffee at the mill downtown in the Haymarket, and I passed a man sitting on a bench enjoying a cigar. He looked familiar, but I couldn't place him right away. So as I sat inside enjoying my coffee, it came to me. That was retired Lincoln Police Lieutenant Al Maxey Sr. So as I left, I walked over, shook his hand, reintroduced myself because it had been a long time since I saw Lieutenant Maxey, probably back to his last year as a police officer back in 1994, ending 33 years on the force. Lieutenant Maxey has been kind enough to join me on Lincoln Live this morning to talk about not only growing up black in Lincoln, Nebraska, but being one of only two black police officers in Lincoln back in the early 60s. We are even going to get into some artwork. Good at artwork is uh, Captain Maxey. Sir, out of uh, well-deserved respect, do you mind if I still address you as Lieutenant Maxey? There are no lieutenants, right. but I was a lieutenant uh, commanding officer in my day. From playing basketball at UNL on a scholarship as an 18-year-old in 1957 to becoming a cop in 1961, I read where you wanted to be an art teacher. Why did you become a cop during such a, a volatile time in racial history? Well, at that time, Dale, I, uh, I was looking for a job because I had just left the university and um and looking for a job and i actually lived across from a law college right on r street um across from the law college and i walked out the door one morning and looked across the street and there was the lincoln police department as well as the um as the fire department they were attached at that time and i walked in there and i asked them did they have any any jobs there and uh, I remember it pretty clearly that Dell Adams was there, and he says, "Aren't you Al Maxey?" And I said, "I'm Albert Maxey." And he asked, "Why do you want to be a policeman?" I said, "Because I need a job." And that's when it started. I want to talk more about your love of art, which uh, takes up some of your time these days. Uh, Al Maxey Sr. joining me for the conversation here on Lincoln Live. Uh, early on in your police career. Uh, you were assigned to Havelock. Uh, accurate on my part to call that a, a sometimes rough neighborhood? That's true. I, um, as a beat officer, uh, once one day of the week, all beat officers during that time had to walk into Havelock or go out to Havelock and uh, do some uh, policing out there by marking cars, parking 
violations and uh, liquor violations and uh, and whatever else during that time we spent out there. So I walked the beat out there, and then when I was promoted to a police cruiser, a patrol officer, I was on the north side of the town, which led me to go out there often. You were one of lot. you were one of two police officers on the force, black police officers on the force Harry, at that time. Yes, Harry Peterson and I both were on at that time. Uh, how well were you treated in Havelock? It was very difficult there. Uh, of course, they uh, they were in the uh, mindset that uh, a person of color did, was not going to tell them what to do when they're at violating the laws of the city. So I had made several arrests uh, out there on a number of different things, and uh, that was brought to my attention that uh, there might be some problem there. So I stopped walking the beat, and then I did my job as a patrol officer and then worked myself out. But you you didn't take yourself off of Havelock, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but you were pulled away from that beat in Havelock. Why? Because there were threats that uh, I was doing too much, and uh, they did not like me there. How did you take that, sir? Well, it didn't. Uh, it bothered you a little bit. It was a fear that, you know, something might happen. I was not scared at the time I was doing my job. But when I was told that, um, I was kind of set me back to worry a little bit about my welfare. And so I was a little scared many times was while the, I was on the police department. Excuse me. Was the Lincoln Police Department at that time with only two black police officers on the force, I'll rephrase it, to what extent was the Lincoln Police Department supportive for you? Uh, 90, probably 90, 99% of people supported me. Um, maybe for, for a couple of reasons. One, I was educated uh, and I was... Uh, I was known in the city. Al Maxey Sr. joining me for the conversation here on Lincoln Live. Take me back to December 30th, 1964. I hope I have that date right. You drew the assignment to protect Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. on the day he spoke in Lincoln at Pershing Auditorium. Did you ask for that assignment? No, I didn't. Uh, Chief uh, Joe Carroll called me and said that uh, Dr. Martin Luther King will be coming in and that he wanted me he had signed me to be with him during that time, and uh, that was my duty, and uh, that's what I did. And actually, since then, it's been getting bigger and bigger all the time because of who Martin Luther King is and was, and uh, and very well uh, respected. What do you remember about that day? Uh, not as much as uh, I want to remember. Um, he was picked up. Uh, we went to the Cornsville Hotel. We stayed in a room about four hours or so. 
Uh, we talked about little things. Of course, every one that comes to Lincoln that see me as a police officer want to know how I, why I became a police officer. Uh, he said we talked about that. Um, and uh, a lot of the small talk, uh, and uh, I let him go about his business of preparing himself for his speech at Pershing. His demeanor, he was here the entire day. I found that fascinating yes. that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. finds himself in Lincoln, Nebraska on almost the end, the last day of 1964. Well, the uh, Methodist Women Church, uh, some uh, organization, I think, with Bullock and some of the other prominent uh, black people here, uh, I assume wrote him and asked if he would show up for United Methodist Church uh, organizations. And uh, we're very happy that he did. Uh, matter of fact, uh, I was impressed the way he went about himself and carried himself and was very, um, very uh, friendly and likable person. Uh, I remember him going over some notes and stuff that uh, he had written down and put in his pocket when we walked uh, over to Pershing, uh, drove over to Pershing, and uh, he never had taken his notes out. He just opened his mouth and uh, the word of encouragement and uh, history was made, especially here in Lincoln. Did he ask you about being a, a black man as a police officer? Did that subject ever come up? I, well, it, it doesn't say a black man. It just He just... We refer to ourselves as people, and that uh, by me being black, he wanted to know why I had uh, become a police officer, and uh, and I just told him the same thing about just getting the job. And after I, and I was quite young at that time too. And you were quite tall. <laughs> to be quite honest, you still are quite tall for that matter. But uh, the photograph I see from the World Herald, you just tower. Over Dr. Well, King. Well, he was, he's, he's not shorter than I well, am. And yeah. Of course, we talked about basketball, of course. And we talked about Indianapolis, Indiana. That, uh, that uh, those things that brought me here to Lincoln. Yeah, you're from Indianapolis. I want you to, as we continue to talk here, uh, tell me a, an Oscar Robertson story because he went to your high school. But I, I want to stay with your police career for just a little bit more, if I could. Uh, what times during your career will you never forget? And what times would you just as soon forget? That's a tough question. So there's probably lots of times I like to forget. And uh, some of the times that I remember is going on domestic calls and uh, dealing with people and their problems and then get up to the door as a black person and they asked me to leave that they wanted a police officer there and not me. Uh, those are the times that I, um, I it comes back to me. 
a lot of uh, good things that uh, I think I have done with uh, my tenure, but uh, there's so many, it's kind of hard to put one or two of them that stands out that uh, I can recall at this time. The Lincoln Police Department's going through a rough patch right now, Lieutenant. 47% of female officers responding to a workplace assessment report say they felt sexual harassment and or discrimination. Thinking back to your days as a Lincoln police officer, were you ever asked if you felt harassed or discriminated against? Uh, I have, yes. I have been harassed and discriminated against. But were you asked by the administration of LPD? Have I, was I asked? Here's what I'm trying to get at. The 47%, almost half of the women responding to this report through Lincoln Police say they felt harassed or discriminated against. They were asked to respond anonymously. They did. Almost half of those responding to this report said, that said they, they were felt harassed or discriminated. Harassed. Don't know what color these women are. Don't know what their backgrounds are, but they are female. And I was wondering if... Back yes. when you were a police officer, were you ever asked, Lieutenant no. Maxey, do you ever feel harassed or discriminated against? I don't recall ever asked that question, no. What are your thoughts? But I felt that. You, you well, felt it. You felt it. Uh, I don't recall anybody asking me. What are your thoughts about 21st century policing compared to when you were on the street? Well, I think that uh, the younger the police officers that are uh, are on the street today are a little different than in my day. I think we're more we were more personal, friendlier, and was passionate about people. I think today uh, some of those things don't exist. I feel that there's uh, so much going on. People are reacting to police officers differently that cause it cause a problem also. I don't think that uh, we should do away with police officers. I think we should support police officers. I think we should uh, get more training. Back in my day, I think majority of the officers that uh, applied for police jobs came out of military service, which were uh, more strict than people today. Uh, that helped us back in the early days. People were more friendlier. Mm -hmm. Today, uh, officers have a challenge that uh, to try to treat people that are angry and try to help them in 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 their training because of their training, they can't uh, deal with it as easily as an older officer. So we have to continue to pick the right person with the right attitude and the right heart in order to be a police officer. Here's a subject that's uh, close to your heart. You were married Joanne for 33 years. How did you two meet? We met in my uh, junior year as a, I was um, finishing, uh, actually we had just won the state basketball tournament in Indiana and I was a uh, I was uh, worked at a swimming pool as a lifeguard, and uh, I taught uh, swimming in the mornings. And Joanne and her brother, her younger brother, would come out, and he would take swimming lessons. That's how we met. 
She's quite and, a woman. Uh, she, and at that time, she was going to Butler University, um, and I was starting into my senior year. And we were together since then. First black person elected to the Lincoln Board of Education, Nebraska's first black female state senator. Hard to keep up with her at times. And president. Uh, <laughs> I know I've forgotten something. Board. President yeah. of the school board. All right. I think that one of the things that stands out there is that when my second daughter, Michelle Maxey, graduated from high school, her her signature joined signs all of the diplomas in the state and city of Lincoln. And that she's got that diploma with Joanne Maxey on it. And, of course, there's Maxie Elementary here in mm-hmm. Lincoln, one of the schools. I don't want to run out of time before we talk about your artwork. Uh, your... Well, art is interesting. My artwork is really interesting because I'll quickly tell you the story behind that. I majored in art in high school. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, I, I really stuck with art because I enjoyed that. My mother seemed to be an artist in some her way. And uh, I, t- I majored in art and plumbing in high school. <laughs> so when I came to my transcript at uh, the University of Nebraska, it didn't look as, 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 as the same as other people's with all the other subjects. So I, I went to, I got into teacher's college and I majored in art and education, 12, K through 12. So I have that degree, and then I have a second degree in criminal justice. But uh, that's how I I started off back in my childhood days, and uh, and I stuck with it through college, and um, I'm doing it today. Sample of your artwork on your Facebook homepage. <laughs> <laughs> my home page. Yeah, yeah, your home page. There it is. And uh, yes, and I enjoy it. It really relaxes me, and I, I really love it. Lieutenant, I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving time with friends and family. Okay, Dale. I enjoy talking to you. Let's talk again. I very much enjoyed this. Lieutenant Al Maxey Sr. joining me on Lincoln Live.